Hello everyone. Today's podcast is for pediatric ophthalmologists who are starting their practice now. These are the tips that you won't find in textbooks. I did my fellowship in pediatric ophthalmology 20 years back, more than two decades back. At that time speciality was at best nascent and awareness was even lower. The few of us who did uh, deal with children were often identified themselves as stomatologists and the most often I was asked what do you do in pediatric ophthalmology? Well, to cut a long story short, we have evolved in these many years. The knowledge that I share today is the distillation of what I learned in these two decades and also a lot of hand-me-down wisdom from mentors both immediate and remote, colleagues and occasionally students. And all these things have helped me to be a better clinician and a better pediatric ophthalmologist. So here are my tips. As trainees, which I was also at one time, I feel we obsess too much over surgical skills, toting up numbers and logbooks, and generally feeling dissatisfied. But the fact of the matter is, a large number of our initial patients are going to require skills which do not involve surgery. So, tip number one is to invest time in honing examination skills during your fellowship years. Skills like checking vision, retinoscopy in poor, uncooperative children, requiring to do a strabismus evaluation effectively. These skills will stand you in good stead. You may have the most skilled optometrist with you, but parents will be most happy if you check the vision yourself, especially children who are on amblyopia therapy or on whom you have prescribed glasses in the previous visit. It is important to check near vision in children. As in amblyopic children, near vision improves earlier than distance vision. Disappointment of parents due to the modest improvement in distance vision can easily be offset by highlighting the improvement in near vision and increased speed of reading which child does achieve in the first follow-up. Tip number two is stay in touch with retinoscopy skills. It is something which again will help you throughout your career. It is useful to scope yourself when prescribing glasses, especially for the first time. Autorefractometers in young children are prone to errors and scoping, even if you use autorefractometers, doing a retinoscopy yourself, screening rather, will help you minimize the errors. Retinoscope can also be used for distant direct ophthalmoscopy, which is invaluable in picking up small media opacities in children, especially infants, and also to compare between two eyes looking at the red reflex. It is distant and non-threatening to the children. 
do not ask for postmediatic test in children if your retinoscopy is good you can prescribe glasses in almost anyone prescribe glasses if you think it is error is visually significant for the age and visual needs of the child at that age prescribe if you feel that it will modify the strabismus if present in any way and also prescribe if you feel that error can produce amblyopia do not undercorrect either myopia or astigmatism always give full correction for the first time there are several guidelines available in literature for prescription of glasses that in combination with common sense will avoid errors of prescription however my top tip is if you are dealing with an amblyopic child prescribe closer to his full correction even if it is hypropic correction because it helps them to accommodate better and then you can reduce the power in the next visit tip number 4 strabismus cases need evaluation the way you did in your first 6 months of your fellowship for your mentors that means evaluating and documenting angles in all gazes documenting torsion if there is a vertical strabismus it makes surgical planning easier and methodical especially when you are dealing with complex cases you are unlikely to make mistakes with horizontal squints but if you don't document it in all gazes you are likely to come up with a plan which is not accurate in complex cases do not treat children symptomatically every visit to clinic by a child should be an opportunity to examine comprehensively remember children have to depend on adults to see a doctor and they don't articulate their symptoms very well so every opportunity to examine should be made to count an examination should include vision refraction and fundus evaluation when it comes to children mom is always right so pay attention to her at the end of your examination you should have a theory for whatever issue the child or the mother is complaining about be it poor vision be it abnormal head posture be it shaking of eyes if you don't have a hypothesis at the end of the examination do not hesitate to examine again to seek a second opinion or referral to another specialty i have always talked to my colleagues in and across the department boundaries about the cases which don't fit neatly in and i have always benefited from the fresh perspective which your colleagues can have on cases do not reassure the parents and send them away if you are uncomfortable about something when you say multidisciplinary approach it nowhere holds as much importance in any branch of ophthalmology as it happens in pediatric ophthalmology it is in your interest to build a larger team of other ophthalmic specialists your team should also include pediatricians neurologists radiologists therapists anesthetist low vision specialist and even optician this synchronous approach with other people will make will reduce your anxiety and your workload 
While I stress the importance of team, let me make one thing very clear. Even if you are working with a team, please claim the ownership of the patient. That child remains your patient and you his primary care provider and you should be the point of contact for the child and his parents for all their queries and needs. I cannot overstress the need for good documentation and need to maintain medical records. It is a good practice to document important details like surgery or surgical notes but also seemingly unimportant details. The doctor-patient relationship in pediatric ophthalmology stretches for decades. So what looks unimportant may evolve into something important by the time child is older. When you start surgery, it makes sense to use one standard table and one standard technique for your first 50 cases. This allows you to see whether that technique works in your hand and it also allows you to titrate your surgical dosage. It is also important to take a pre and post procedure photographs in every surgical case and you should start it from the first case and build up your repository. Invest in drafting customized consents, customized discharge summaries and educational material for patients. If you have a website, you should have a frequently asked question section in it or you can print material for parents to take them home. Make community outreach a part of your clinical activities right from the beginning. Your own school or your child's school can be a good beginning for offering school screening and ocular health education. You can use other forums like local clubs, PTA meetings to impart health awareness. Stay in touch with your alma mater and mentors. They continue to be your coaches as well as sounding boards especially when you are dealing with difficult and complex cases. Last but not the least, nothing ever replaces ethical practice and honest communication with parents as pillars of successful practice. With these, I wish you all the very best in your endeavors. 